Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, listen, they want me to say hello. Welcome to the James Well best bits of tonight's show. Wish you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on talk radio. So anyway, Chris, how do you feel? Here you are. You're, uh, you're fairly new MP, aren't you? I am. Fresh out of the box. Yeah. Uh, and from the, the north as well, which is quite unusual for a Conservative, as we know. Um, how do you think your, uh, your, your voters will feel about this? Well, I think chuffed a bit. I mean, there's a lot there in the budget. Um, you know, we, we had a very radical manifesto. We offered quite a lot there. And, and it's good to actually see some of that coming, you know, into, into being now. Uh, you know, the Chancellor's actually done a very, very good job. So obviously there are a lot of new challenges, things like coronavirus. But he's, you know, he's got stuck in there and he started delivering on what he said he would. I mean, there's a lot there on road building, which is going to upset some of the environmentalists, I'm sure. Well, I mean, you know, we, we've got to be realistic about this. You know, the, the infrastructure levelling up project is going to require a certain amount of building. It's how you do it and how sensitively you do it. You know, we want to get people into electric cars, so there's stuff in there about electric charging points. Uh, you know, we want to have cleaner energy, but you are going to have to build roads. We're going to have to build more rail network. Uh, that will also reduce our carbon footprint. So, you know, it, it's a good balance. It's about taking a realistic approach to what the north and the south both need. Um, I heard Andy Burnham, uh, the mayor of Manchester, a former uh, Labour government minister, in fact, uh, talking earlier. He was very... He's, I always find Andy very sensible and, uh, I mean, he's one of the few people who invited me to number 10 once, so uh, good on him. Um, but uh, I thought he was... Uh, he, he was very fairly pro this uh, budget as far as the North is concerned. He said he would like it to go a little bit further. Um I think it's it's going to probably keep you in office for a little longer. Well, it's great to see Andy Burnham getting behind a Conservative manifesto. But Chris, if I may, I mean, it's not it's not really a Conservative manifesto in a small C conservatism uh, kind of way, is it? I mean, it's one thing for a Conservative government to placate red wall voters with this massive spend um, to try and rebalance the economy. But these policies are being um, supported by a Labour opposition. Then does that not sort of send alarm bells ringing among certain members of the Conservative Party. I mean, for instance, look at um, the pledges around the national living wage. 
Well, no, I don't think it should do. I mean, fundamentally, the, the sort of the basis of conservative politics is giving everybody an equal chance to succeed. Now, this is recognising the fact that that hasn't been the case for quite some time. There are parts of the country where it simply hasn't been the case that you have the same chance to succeed as you do in some of the wealthier bits. So it's about redressing that. I mean, we were very, very straightforward in what we said in our manifesto. It was about levelling up, and this is part of that levelling up agenda. I don't think any conservative should cringe at being, uh, being able to give people a fair chance in life. But, I mean, Executive governments, be they Labour or Conservative, have tried throwing money at the problem of uh, left-behind towns and um, the north-south divide um, to little, you know, tangible consequence. So what makes this government think that throwing money at the problem is going to have a solution different to previous governments? Well, I think the first thing to do is recognise this isn't just throwing money at the problem. I mean, historically what's happened is people have just said, here's some cash, go spend it. This isn't about giving people a fish, it's about giving us the fishing rod. Uh, fundamentally, we need the tools to actually do the job for ourselves. Historically, we've used money uh, from the South to supplement the North, and that's been the, you know, sort of the throwing money at it that you're talking about. That's not what's happening in this budget. This is about making sure that the North has a chance to basically provide for itself. Um, I mean, would you, Chris, yeah. personally have liked to have seen um, you know, maybe some tax cuts, um, some simplification of the tax code, which is now 20,000 pages long in the budget, rather than sort of spending being the only solution to boosting the economy. Oh, I think it's a little from column A and a little from column B. Obviously, as a Conservative, my, my natural default is to make sure people pay as little tax as they have to whilst maintaining you know, the essential services we need to. But we've got to be realistic. There is a radical need to, to sort of level up the country. There are obvious places where inequality is a problem. So we've got to take that in hand and do the right thing. How much of the budget... I see, I was ready for him to stop there. Mm. How much of the budget do you actually know about before the Chancellor stands up? You get a fair impression. I mean, there are actually a lot of conversations that go on between colleagues beforehand. You do get consulted on elements of it. I mean, it'd be folly to suggest that, you know, every backbench MP has got full command of the entire thing before it comes out. I mean, you, you know, you do get to um, find out what's in it just ahead of time. But, I mean, you do get very, very... Um, good consultation on it. I mean, I was actually quite surprised how much access we got over this. Um, my, my expectation was, certainly coming from a local government background, that you would sort of find out on the day. Mm. And that wasn't the case. I mean, we were genuinely asked fairly sensible questions about what it was we needed in our area. And it wasn't a case of, you know, what money can we spend in your area? It was like, what are the issues in your area? And, and what's the best way to tackle them from your point of view? And that's definitely shown up in the budget. Uh, there are things that you can look at recognisably that has, has been of a great assistance to people in my area. And they definitely came off the back of conversations between myself, other colleagues, you know, uh, some of these red wall seats. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's, it's hugely encouraging, actually. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, Chris Bryant is the Labour MP for the Ronda, and uh, he joins us now. Chris, good evening to you. Good evening. Good evening. Well, this was a Labour budget, wasn't it? <laughs> there is a sort of hypocrisy about life, isn't it? Which is <laughs> that when, when Conservative governments um, spend money, it's called investment. Um, and when Labour governments uh, spend money, it's called waste. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, look, there's lots of sensible bits uh, pieces here. Um, I'm, sl I'm somewhat exercising myself because in my own patch in Wales, we had, we bore the brunt of the flooding and yep. there's not a, and there's not an extra penny that goes to flooding in wales um, and also incidentally in relation to the coronavirus 
I mean, all this, all the economic stuff that the government is doing is really important because I do worry that a lot of businesses are going to suffer, and and mm. that's jobs, of course. And what is not clear is whether uh, it's clear that we we in Wales will get extra money for the NHS in relation to coronavirus. Not sure whether we'll get it in relation to social care. And as so far as I can see, we won't. All the things about um, business rates will not apply in Wales because there's, there's, the government isn't providing any money for it. Really? I, th- yeah. I mean, I thought most of that was applying to the whole of the UK. I mean, I know they, so they business, did. Business rates are devolved. Mm. And well, so unless there's, unless there's additional com- money coming, which they certainly didn't announce today, um, then I, d- I don't think it does apply. So I think some, it, it, I, incidentally, I think it was a quite impressive performance by Rishi Sunak. I don't, I'm not going to get sort of all partisan about it. Mm. Um, but I, but I think um, some of the I's and the T's sure. have been dotted and crossed. I mean, I'm just looking through the list of stuff. There is there is money available, quite a lot of money available for people who've been flooded. Uh, but is is that devolved as well? It's in England. Yeah, all of that's in England. There's not a penny for Wales. Yeah, and, that, and it's for flood defences, so yeah. not for the clear up. And I, one of my one of the things I think coronavirus has has thrown up or shown up, it's cast into mm. very sharp relief, is that in lots of different areas in the country, our public services really are cut back to the bone now. Um, and, you know, it, they find it really difficult to respond to major crises um, or, for that matter, even minor ones. Is this um, because a lot of these issues are, as you said, um, they're allowed to be sorted out by the, uh, the, the I suppose you call it the Welsh Government, wouldn't you, really? It is the Welsh Government, yes. yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, are they not getting enough money into their economy to do that? And should they be given more uh, from the national budget? Is that what you're saying? Well, my argument in relation to flooding is that Wales bore the brunt on behalf mm. of the whole of the UK. And if we were fully in the European Union, we would be able to draw down money from the European Union. Um, we're not in the European Union now, so we're not allowed, we're not allowed to do that. The, the UK government could do if it wanted to for the rest of this year. And, and secondly, in relation to any other crisis, such as coronavirus, I think we have to do that as the whole of the country, the whole of the UK. You can't have different bits of the UK going off in different directions on coronavirus. So, you, um, so my argument would be that all of these things should apply across the piece and they should be paid for by the Westminster government. Why? I mean, a lot of the flooding caused by the River Severn, wasn't it, that, that uh, actually fueled some of the flooding within Wales too? Uh, not in my patch, I'm afraid. And most of the well, no, Rhonda, you wouldn't be, uh, but you'll be up in there. No, yeah. Half of and ha- nearly half the um, houses that were flooded in the whole of the UK were in one local authority, my local patch in South Wales. Um, we, the, the, the Rhonda Cunningham has got to find 44 million pounds this year to pay for the mending of roads, culverts, uh, bridges that have had to be dismantled, and so on. And uh, and its and its total capital spend in any one year is 13 million. Can so you not the get... real danger that local authorities are going to be wiped out? Mm. Um, and a lot of the money that the Chancellor announced, announced today had previously been announced by um, Theresa May's government. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, let us now talk to uh, Dr. Joe Mich- Mitchell. Mitchell, yeah. Um, Associate Professor of Economics at the University of the West of England. Uh, doctor, good evening. Good evening. Um, the, the, the whole of the budget, um, people have been talking about, a lot of people loved it, some people hated it. Where are you on this? 
I think it's a step in the right direction. I think we've had um, budgets and policy for the last 10 years, really, which has been much too tight, and that's done a lot of damage to the economy. So I think it's a big change from, from the Conservatives, and it's, it's quite hard to swallow in many ways because for, for 10 years they've been telling us that the single most important thing is the debt and the deficit and so on, and then we now see that actually they don't think it's important, and they're right. You know, they, they were, they're right to, to yeah. change their mind on this. So I think it's, the details are quite hazy. I mean, I don't see a big plan or a strategy, but I sort of see a, an intent to change direction. And I do think that is positive. Do you think that this budget is going to be difficult to, uh, to eventually pay back? That's what a lot of people are saying, that uh, we are giving away so much money. Where are we going to get it from in the future? Well, I don't see a problem with that. The, what we've seen in the last week or so in the financial markets is a lot of disorder. Stock markets are down 20% into correction territory. The other thing we're seeing is a scramble for government bonds. We're seeing the lowest rates of interest in history, in recorded history, on government debt. Negative real rates, meaning that investors, pension fund investors, which is largely who holds government bonds in this country, are desperate to get their hands on these assets. And ultimately, we, we sort of talk about paying the debt back as if it's to other people. But effectively, when we pay the debt back, it's British taxpayers paying money to British pension funds that pay British pensions. So it's just sort of money circulating among, you know, taxpayers and, and pension fund holders and bondholders who are largely are all the same people, really. Mm. I, 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 uh, I think there's been a lot of... Um negative criticism about the budget by a lot of uh, Labour people because I think they wish they'd done it, Peter, don't you think? Well, I think the Tories are trying to steal some of Labour's clothes, as we talked about um, around 8.30 with Annabel Denham, about capital investment, which has a whiff of Keynesianism about it. And, you know, as we know, all Labour chancellors uh, love Keynes and infrastructure projects that create um, better travel and jobs and a boost to GDP. So I think the Tories are trying to nick one or two uh, Labour philosophies, but bear in mind there's still not much on in-work poverty, the growth forecasts are low, and uh, I still feel the Brexit economic shock has yet to come, because it was never going to be after the vote. It was going to be in the 18 months after we've left, and we have only just left. And that's why, bizarrely, there's two more what they call fiscal events this year, an awesome statement and another budget. Can I just chip in there on, on Brexit yeah. something very briefly? We haven't left yet. It's very important to say that we didn't leave on the 31st of January. Absolutely nothing changed other than some flags were removed. We leave in, in December this year. That's when we'll find out what happens when we leave. So there could be an economic shock to come then, do you think? Absolutely, because it looks as if doing a deal by that point is going to be very, very difficult. I mean, it, it may be impossible to even have meetings the way that the virus situation is going. Uh, even without that, the negotiations were getting very tense. It was quite plausible we were going to be in a no-deal situation and a genuine no-deal in terms of actually leaving the EU without a deal at the end of this year. So that we, we haven't left yet. I think it really people should understand that. We're still bound by all the rules. We still have part of the customs union. We're still part of the single market. Everything is as it was, except we don't have a say over what's going on anymore. But that's a massive change, isn't it? I'm, I was with you for a little while, but then you said <laughs> nothing has changed, but... 
No, we don't have a I say mean, anymore. That is a big change. We have no input into the decision-making process, the rules that we're bound by, but in terms of you know, the economic rules, you know, the, the system in which we're, we're part of, nothing has changed. So if, uh, in the Tories' eyes, you know, they've preserved their intellectual purity at the cost of rendering the nation impotent. Well, I mean, yes. <laughs> Broadly speaking, yes. Yeah. I mean, for this period, we're in that limbo of we don't have any say over what's going on. We're bound by the rules. We have to do as we're told. We were told by the... Well, the Conservatives see this as a necessary evil to get us mm. uh, to the full... Over well, that's what the, the majority of people in this country want. Let's not forget, I, I, I'm feeling there are a couple of Remainers uh, talking to me here. Let's not forget that this is really what the majority of people in this country want. They want the to leave the European voted, Union. It's the, what the majority of people who voted in 2016 voted for. The polls do now show that probably mm. if there was a rerun, we, we know there isn't going to be, but if there was, probably Remain would win it. So it's not clear that the majority of people mm. in the country now do is want it? The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.